Hey guys, this is your friendly neighborhood blurred Rain Coleman. This issue of Carefree Black Nerd is part one of a two-part in-game discussion. Um, I wanted to wait a bit before releasing these just to give everyone enough time to see the movie. Uh, there will be spoilers in here, but you'll be notified before they appear. <laughs> now, I had the pleasure of speaking with Andrian, a fellow nerd up there in Canada. You may know him by his Twitter handle, Escoblades. Wonderful, wonderful, great dude. Good discussion, good conversation. Please be sure to check the show notes for all of his social medias and go give him a follow. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. As always, you can find me on Twitter at CarefreeBlurred, all other social medias at CarefreeBlackNerd, and if need be, email me at CarefreeBlackNerd at gmail.com. Also, find me at BYNK Radio, you know, that's the home team. <laughs> now, in addition to SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Player FM, and a plethora of other podcast hosting sites, <laughs> the show can be found on YouTube. So, if you are there listening, go ahead and comment your thoughts in the comments. <laughs> Subscribe as well while you're there. And if you're not listening via YouTube, come over and give me a follow. You know, you'd be over there. But uh, no matter where you listen, please be sure to use that hashtag CBNPod when you're live tweeting this episode. Let me and Escoblades know what it is that you think. Do you agree with us? Do you disagree? Do you think that we're doing a great job? Do you think that the movie sucked? You know, just let us know. Let's make this a conversation. Also, use that hashtag Avengers Endgame. Like, kind of link them up together in one or two tweets so we can kind of get that conversation going, get that ball rolling. Um, as always, guys, please uh, stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky, and enjoy the episode. Alright guys, welcome back to the Carefree Black Nerd Podcast. I am your host, Rain Coleman. Thank you all for joining me. Uh, today we'll be going over some in-game spoilers and non-spoilers. With me today in this conversation, I have a very, very special guest. Uh, Adrian, why don't you let the folks know who you are and what you're about. Hey, what's up, everyone? Uh, thanks for having me on. I'm Adrian uh, Benigay. I work um, primarily as a product marketing manager at Ubisoft Montreal. So I've worked on a lot of Assassin's Creed titles, about seven of them right now. Mm. Um, I worked on For Honor as well for those who like medieval combat. Mm. And yeah, I, um, I'm a marketing dude in video games. And then when I'm not doing that, I'm being a big old nerd on the internet and uh, <laughs> talking about comics and, and cartoons and whatnot. So, and I guess that's why we're here because we just had the big, <laughs> the big epic saga that was Avengers Endgame. Yes, 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 yes. Um, Man, okay, so first of all, I'm <laughs> thank you for coming on. Thank you for no being on the show to discuss all this nerdiness. That's one. Um, and then kudos to you and all your accomplishments because you, you seem like a busy man. <laughs> <laughs> I try I try to make time for fun. It's it's important. <laughs> Look, and that, that is, that is. If you're having fun, you never work a day in your life. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so just so the listeners know, I am in Dallas, Texas, in the States. And then you are where again? I'm in Montreal, in Canada. There you go. So, just to kind of give a give a uh, see how far this in game reaches. So, <laughs> did you see? I mean, like, okay, so like, it's it's. A, I think I said this on Twitter as well, but like, it's such a global thing because 
what that the movie made what 1.2 billion in the opening weekend in fact uh, it's crazy it made 1.2 billion before the opening weekend had even finished yes and a lot of that was propelled by china i'm like my friends i had friends in australia Mm -hmm. who were like have you seen it yet so we can talk so i'm like i love the fact that that there's like i i love listening to podcasts i love the fact that there's podcasts and i've been itching to talk about this to people that are not in my group chat yeah yeah so i'm like let's 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 dive into all of it because it's like it was three hours of just uh yeah. love letter yeah we'll get to okay. it. we'll get to it <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yes a love letter to the fans this is uh what is that? i saw something online that was uh from avengers from avengers to endgame what is it whatever i'll find it and put it on social media somewhere <laughs> yeah but that being said let's start off take a couple steps back um comics marvel yes. comics what is your relationship with comics as a whole or marvel specifically so i actually um if we're charting sort of like a timeline i got into video games before i got into comics okay. once i did get into comics i was actually um a dc like boy really? i i started off with the death of superman is like the earliest one i remember really reading um and from there i got onto dc so i would i would read a superman i would read batman i was really into green lantern at the time um and unlike a lot of my peers actually my earliest green lantern was hal jordan before john stewart became like the green lantern right so like i used to read a lot of that and then i got onto marvel specifically because a friend of mine had given me an x-men comic one time and i was like oh these 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 folks are cool so i started reading that i jumped from x-men to fantastic four which was kind of like the natural progression for us and then i got onto black panther and that was where i was like oh my days okay so (laughs) started reading black panther started reading captain america because that was the first sort of like interaction i saw between those two and then i really got into marvel comics um kind of like i spent a lot of time with spider-man for 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 a bit um then the hulk and stuff like that iron man not so much iron man actually which is funny (laughs) <laughs> given how the MCU has kind of progressed, but like I didn't really read all that many Iron Man comics. But yeah, I started off with DC, and DC is still like, if I'm being perfectly honest, DC is still kind of like my core love because yeah. that's where that was my gateway to comics. But like what Marvel Studios have done with the MCU is just phenomenal, and like bringing a lot of what are B team characters, right? If we're being perfectly honest, right? Yeah. A lot of B team characters they sold the rights to their A their A listers mm-hmm. to the likes of Sony and Universal and Fox. And then, like, they've had to make a cinematic universe with characters that back then weren't as well-known. So, it's been it's been an amazing journey. But, yeah, that's that's kind of, like, where I was. Oh, and then I read some Vertigo imprints and stuff like that. Um, Dark Horse. I was really into Hellboy and stuff like that. Even though, like, my parents aren't going to listen to this. <laughs> fully, but, like, you know, they were like, anything that had to do with the occult, they were like, no. So, like, if they had seen Constantine or Hellboy comics anywhere near the house, like, there would have been an intervention for me in church. But, oh, man. Uh, yeah, I was I was into stuff like that, so. Okay, that's cool, that's cool. And it's so interesting, and, and it's funny that you bring up, well, basically because of the, the movies, but how Marvel Studios have taken those B-list characters and... Not to get too deep into it, but I do think that the MCU at large is a testament to being creative. Because, like you said, you they've gotten rid of the, the A-listers, and you had to work with what you had. At that time, Iron Man was not a huge selling point, but they made him something that everyone wanted to see. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's... Man, yeah. that's... Mm. And with an actor who, I mean, like, 
with all due credit to Robert Downey Jr., who's phenomenal, but he was at his lowest point by yeah, that time, right? Yeah, yeah, which is, man, okay, and so this is a, a tangent. This, I'm trying to make it connect, but even <laughs> with Donald Glover, I don't know if um, if, the, if you're aware, but you know, his um, he, he has a show Atlanta, and he mm-hmm, has yeah. actors like Cat Williams, who really hasn't been on the public radar for anything I don't want to say good, but anything work-related in a while has been like viral videos. And then even with Monique, him using her in his, um, I believe, Adidas commercials. It's like yeah. you're taking people who in the public eye probably don't have the best reputation and you're still making something great. Mm-hmm. And it, man, I know. I'm a fan. MCU, I'm a yeah. fan. <laughs> oh, geez. Okay, okay. So your story is pretty much like mine. It seems like mutants have been the gateway drug <laughs> or yeah. the thing that's gotten a lot of people into comics. And I've always wondered, why is that? Like, I know why I like them, but overall, X-Men and mutants have really pulled a lot of people in. And I'm just, I'm still kind of curious as to why that is. Yeah, I mean, like, for me, and I think uh, this is probably true for a lot of people, and if I'm really going to dive into it, probably for a lot of uh, minorities, right, a lot of marginalized folks, it's that, on the surface, these are probably the craziest stories that were being told in Marvel at the time, right? It wasn't like, I mean, like, to a certain extent, you can kind of see a Captain America being a thing in life if somebody made a genetically modified super serum that, like, enhanced all of your senses or whatever. Like, you can see that. You can see that happening. Whereas, like, I don't know, Storm, somebody controlling the weather, that's bonkers to you as a kid. You're like, oh, shit, I want lightning powers kind of thing, right? So, I think just on the surface of that that was where a lot of marvel writers were able to just kind of flex whatever craziness was in their head they could come up with all sorts of crazy stories for the x-men but also specifically like i mentioned before i think a lot of us who were like on the fringes for whatever reason kind of saw ourselves as a bit of ourselves in the x-men because they were constantly being harassed for being mutants for being different and that permeated through a lot of the storyline. So I think a lot of us just kind of found solace in those stories in how they had to deal with those, rise above it or how they dealt with it head on. So I think that's why a lot of people kind of like really associate with the X-Men. And I think that's why for a lot of people that was like the thing that got them into comics. Yeah. Yeah, I could totally see that. And it's and that's mostly why I was into them as well. Like it was just expertly told stories. Even it's so much so that when the stories were adapted for the cartoon series in the 90s, they transitioned so well, yeah. and there weren't really shows like... I mean, there was Batman, which was doing a damn mm-hmm. good job, but there weren't a lot of places where you could watch comics, or excuse me, cartoons, with such in-depth storylines and, and good character development that didn't make yeah. it feel like it was a kiddie show, quote-unquote. Exactly, right? Yeah, that that totally didn't feel like they were giving you a PSA at the end, like the 80s shows that I grew up with, with like He-Man, which would be like, don't do drugs, kids, or kind of thing. Even like (laughs) Superman, the animated series, he's like, I mean, some writers are good with him, but he's kind of like a Boy Scout. So at the end of the day, it's always like, kind of do what I do, you know, then, you know, kind of thing, right? Even though he's like effectively a god. But that was the thing with the X-Men, right? Even their interpersonal relationships, these are all super-powered mutants who still have to deal with mundane things like I don't know, backbiting and like, yeah. you know, kind of like, you know, yeah, and like doing the dishes. All oh, the, the the episode that sticks in my head is like Gambit and Jean trying to oh, cook. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yes. Yes. I know what you're talking about. Yes. Gambit man, should know better, oh, man. Yeah. Put some seasoning um, in there. 
that, yeah, that's, bro, that is so strange. Because even though I grew up watching the series, until like you say stuff like that, some of it I, I kind of black out. I just overlook. But yeah, that's mm-hmm. that was a good that was a good series. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So so let's get into your history with the MCU proper. So yeah. what? I guess um, yeah, not to dwell too hard on it, but like, do you remember where you were in life, like when you saw the first Iron Man? Jesus! Oh my God! That's uh, what I'm almost 35 now. So yeah, I was I would just. I was in university. I was in university in Manchester in the United Kingdom um, and the first Iron Man and I didn't even, so this is the thing, please forgive me everyone listening, I didn't even rush to go and see that in opening weekend. I think I took my time, I was like, Iron Man, yeah, okay, I guess and, and then like I've been hooked ever since, like I have seen every single one, yeah. not that it's a competition, but like right. I've seen every <laughs> single movie, the one I think I've seen the most, no, not I think I know, I've seen Black Panther 11 times. Oh, okay. You got Ten it. of those were in theaters. Eight of those I paid for. <laughs> One was on a flight. <laughs> yeah, Eleven times. Um, I've seen Infinity War four times. I've seen, uh, I've seen Winter Soldier four times. I've seen Civil War three times. Um, I'm going to go and see Endgame again next week for a second time. So yeah, but but Black Panther by far and away is the one I've seen the most. Okay. Oh, jeez. Okay. Well, well, let's take it back even a bit further. What about the first Hulk movie? Did you go to see that? Is that do you consider that part of the MCU proper, or is that even? I watched that thing on freaking Blu-ray or DVD. I can't even remember now. But like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I yes, I consider it. If I mean, if we're being strictly like canon i do consider it part of the mcu but like it feels so far removed Mm -hmm. just in terms of like a lot of the tone uh, um, more than anything else right like i consider ruffalo hulk yeah like norton just i'm like again all credit to him but like he's not i don't if i had to like rattle off the actors and their movies and stuff like that that's probably the one i would forget (laughs) okay no no no. for for sure because i know i've seen it a few times but don't ask me about anything that happens in that movie. Right? Right? I just, I'm like, yeah. I watch recaps. I'm like, oh, that that happened. That was a thing. Okay, right. cool, sure. Right. And, and it's it's so funny to me now. Growing up, being the nerd I was. I mean, I did other stuff. I was into sports and stuff as a kid. So I didn't have the traditional tease for being a nerd type of upbringing. Because to be quite honest, in my community, being around different types of people. Um, a lot like my mother was an artist she drew all the time my father was a musician and then he was also like a star quarterback like so Thanks. i was in a space where we just that was just another aspect of what we did yeah, um yeah so i didn't get a lot of that but did you get the like you know tease for being a nerd or liking superman and liking x-men was that a thing where you grew up thankfully no so like in nigeria we um we did like a lot of again a lot of my peer group we were big nerds uh, and like that was what we talked about right it was we we had like our sporting endeavors as well like you know we all wanted to do track and whatnot but like mm-hmm. we'd watch cartoons and whatnot and then we do even before um message boards were a thing even before the yeah. internet was probably a thing we were doing the debates on this on the school grounds right, about right. like would Superman take the Hulk or who would win if Batman and Iron Man faced like they, we were doing all of those debates like back then so like it was normal for us we didn't get I was lucky I mean like I know a lot of people 
talk about getting teased for being nerds but like i wasn't in an environment where that was weird like that was the norm in fact if anything if you weren't participating in those debates and like getting animated about it like your parents might be like are you sure you don't wanna you know like they were always about like hey go and you know do your studies and this that, and the other but that was like our fun like we we yeah so yeah yeah no no it, it was the same here and then i think i don't know like you would tease someone but it might be like well i like batman more than superman so they'll tease you for liking superman it's just something yeah silly. but yeah so that's Man, so that being said, like looking at the MCU as a whole, um, and I'll I'll fair to even include Blade. Well, okay, let's take a second to pause here. Blade, what what are your feelings on Blade? Where do you factor him into this whole? Even if you don't consider him canon, and tell me if you do or you don't, where do you where do you see him as far as this comic book movie craze that we've been in for the last decade or so? We gotta put respect on Wesley's name. We gotta put respect <laughs> on Blade because it's like, you know, it's so. Uh, remember the debates that came up when Black Panther was mm. like making, you mm. know, like doing gangbusters at the mm. box office, and like some outlets would say that like, oh, he's the first black superhero. He's the first, black, like the first black superhero in comics. But like, as for movies, obviously not. Um, yeah. But like, I think Blade kind of, you know, walked. So the Black yep. Panther could, yeah. right? I think right. this is the best way to put it. I think Wesley did a great job with what he was given. I loved the first two. The third one, not so much. Um, but, like, I would love to see Blade in the in this iteration of the MCU. I, yeah. would love to, I would love to see that be a thing. And, like, I'm glad that it was a thing. And those are, those are movies that, like, whenever they're on, I can easily just go, I'm going to watch this. Yeah. Because, like I said, it was, it was, it had the cool factor and, like, it kept a lot to the source material. And Wesley Snipes just killed it. So, like, yeah. I, yeah, I, I agree 110%. I, um, consider him the 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 grandfather of this <laughs> this movie thing and it's so interesting because i can't escape race my whole show is built around race and yeah you know uh race and politics as it relates to comics and, and nerd culture but you i think we had had so many superman and batman movies so for so long that when this new and fresh because I'll tell you this much as a kid when I saw Blade I probably shouldn't have saw it anyways but I wasn't <laughs> aware of Blade I didn't know nothing about him all I knew is that Wesley Snipes was in a movie and it was I love vampires and that was enough for me and oh, man like you said to have him in the MCU now like I, I don't know I'm at a loss for words <laughs> that would be insane not only would it be insane what I'd love to see is that did get somebody younger i think or whatever right like uh -huh. unless they did unless they did it where it's like an aging blade kind of like you know past oh, the man, torch to like a new vamp vampire hunter or something like that right but like i'd love to see wesley make that cameo in some way shape or form in it that would be so cool yeah. I think, like i think he deserves that at least so. yeah i i agree i agree that man and then considering um deadpool is now in the equation with yeah. him breaking the fourth wall in a way that you can reference the Green Lantern, you can reference your uh the Blade trilogy. Like mm -hmm. man, that Oh, okay. <laughs> so skipping ahead through the MCU Infinity War. You yes. I'm assuming you saw Infinity I saw Infinity War. I was there. In fact actually I was very lucky to see Infinity War like a week before it came out probably. Oh, okay. Um 
So I, <laughs> I'll, I'll quickly drop this story. Um, one of the things that I, I, I do and I enjoy doing in, in my spare time is cosplaying. So like I did some Black Panther cosplay, which kind of like took off. Like it went a bit viral. Myself and the photographer, like we timed it with the marketing campaign of Black Panther. And anyway, like the photos were good and, and this, that, and the other. It went viral. And um, so Marvel had hit me up asking me if I wanted to go to the Black Panther premiere. Oh I just, I wasn't able to m get time off work to do that. So like, that was a major like boo. And then like Infinity War happened and they were like, do you want to come to this as well? And again, it was just before like a major deadline. So I couldn't make that, but oh. they hooked it up in Canada. There was um, kind of like a mini Canadian premiere. Yeah. So I was able to go to that and see it like ahead of time and whatnot. Oh, so it was really cool. cool. That is cool. And while we were talking, I was looking through your Instagram and I was going to mention that, but yes, you are a phenomenal cosplayer, man. Like you are, bruh, you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, like seriously, this is, oh my God, all of this. I, like, I'm still very new to it, actually. I started in, well, I say new, I'm not, I guess I can't use that excuse anymore, but like I started in, October of 2017. Okay. Um, and I've mostly done superheroes. That's kind of like I said, I got into comics and like that's where like a lot of my passion lies with regards to it. So I'm like, I'm cosplaying a lot of the characters, the superhero characters that I, I loved growing up. So I've done Black Panther, I've done Superman, I've done Green Lantern and Shazam so far. And then I'm currently working on Mr. Terrific. That's going to be my next. Oh, season. wow. Yeah. Uh, let me let me step in and say you are not new. Bruh, it's 2017. <laughs> no, I know, but like, okay, so like, I, I say newbie just in that respect because okay. like, um, there are people who've been doing it for way longer, but are also more skilled, right? Like, I, I'm, I'm aware of where my skill level is in relation yeah. to other people, and I know they say don't compare yourself to other people, but it's like it's just kind of like a yardstick. If I'm, if I'm looking at like right. the best male cosplayers out there, mm -hmm. I still have a lot to learn in terms of like craftsmanship yeah. and, and stuff like that. So like, I know where I like to get if i took it more seriously mm -hmm. but like i said i do it in my spare time so i'm like i'm just i'm just like a baby cosplay i'm like when when i get a costume i'll take some pictures i'll yeah. put it out there and it, i'm not putting out content on a weekly basis or anything <laughs> like that so yeah that's that's kind of what i mean not to like devalue myself in any way but yeah that's yeah <laughs> okay well good good well listeners please uh make sure to go over to this I don't know, lit, popping, whatever the young kids say now. This Instagram, <laughs> of course, the link will be in the show notes here, man. This is, man, okay. So, and I've, I've been um, considering doing cosplay myself so later on you down should. the line. Not, you I, should, man. I'm not there yet, but <laughs> I'll be uh, on that cosplay train soon. But, yeah, I'm honestly and truthfully and, you know, all anything aside, this is some really good work. The Moon Knight, the, the Black oh, Panther, yeah. Shazam. Like, this is... Kudos to you, man. This is good. This is really Thanks. good. Thank you. Oh, for sure. Um, okay, so getting getting back into Infinity War. Um, first first things first. Did you survive Thanos' snap? Yeah. So, uh, my, char my, my character didn't. <laughs> the King of Wakanda got spirited away. Yeah. I was so pissed. I was mad. Yeah. At that particular point in the movie, because I'm like, so wait a minute, like, yeah. you, all these colonizers rolled up to try and like save this robot, like, like Vision just being there, Shuri using all of her expertise, yeah. and then like, we have this battle in Wakanda. They buy enough time for everything to happen, mm -hmm. and then he has to go. Like you see Okoye's face when he's like getting dusted. That was me times ten. Yeah, I was like. 
what the fuck is this nonsense anyway so yeah no 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 same same we are in the same boat um i know when i went to see infinity war uh opening night it the okay so that around that time i was actually in dc for a convention well the dmv area i think we were in virginia um and there was there were at least five classes or bus loads of like maybe fifth to eighth or ninth graders that was the (laughs) worst thing that could have ever happened now i i the kids watched the movie they enjoyed it but when it came to those emotionally heavy moments like the snap uh, and I don't fault them because they're kids, but at the same time, they were just laughing and joking and loud and playing. I was like, damn, well, this has been ruined for me. Like, I don't, the 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 weight that I got from Endgame, I didn't get from Infinity War, the first viewing, because it was so many kids. I was like, man, this is, but that didn't stop me from enjoying the film. And like you said, when I saw Okoye's face, yeah, that was over. Like all the noise aside, I felt that. I'm not even gonna hold you up. My eyes got a little wet, a little watery. <laughs> I felt that. And even though I knew there would be a Black Panther two, and I knew there would be a Spider Man two, that was neither here nor there. It's the the story that they told in that movie really, really got me. It got me. And and you know what? A lot of it as well. It's like I think, especially off the back of the success of Black Panther, right? And mm-hmm. like. The cultural sort of like uh, beacon that it was, yeah, so close to Infinity War. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of it kind of felt like a regression just in terms of storytelling. And, and I get it. This is the story they wanted to tell, but like it could have been different. They could have the Wakandans could have been more prominent. Um, Black Panther could have had like yeah, we gonna get into that. But go ahead. Yeah. So like yeah, I just I just I just felt that like obviously like it, the the snap was at random and whoever had to go had to go, but like yeah. I felt like you know just especially given how we delved into like sort of like the the relationship between Wakanda and the world, mm-hmm. between Black Panther and his people, between Black Panther and like Killmonger, and just how that is between Africans and African Americans and stuff like that, all of that good stuff. And then, like, we get to Infinity War, and it's just sort of like, okay, we're going to have this battle here, and, like, well, Sia, King, and Princess, and it's like, ah, man, really? You know? that It kind of, like, left a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth. And like you said, we knew there was going to be a Black Panther sequel, um, so, like, I knew it was going to come back. So that wasn't even necessarily the problem. It's just now I'm curious as to what happened in the time span that, um, that he's been gone, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, and that'll probably be addressed in Black Panther 2. But to your point, I was very annoyed. I got the the overall larger picture of the MCU, and I understood that Black Panther was a relatively new addition. Mm-hmm. But the thing that really pissed me off about the movie is that we got him introduced in, in uh, Civil War, and you... You, you show that his importance in the world at large. And the same thing with Black Panther the movie. And even though I get the emphasis in Endgame on the original six, you still didn't do a great job with them. So why did you have to kill... I, just, I, I don't know. I feel like you, you're, you're playing games on my home turf of Wakanda. And yet the Wakandans themselves, not even the, the extras, but the main cast of Wakandans didn't to me seem to get this 
enough screen time or they didn't feel as important as I felt like they should have been all things considered with the movie before so mm. it's it's a I mean like it's a really tough not to make excuses for the directors who don't need it or whatever but like it's a tough endeavor like with the ensemble movies and you know what I've seen a lot of people who like I follow like their opinions and, yeah. on, on, on film and just like comics in general and like there there are a lot of them who don't like the big ensemble movies nearly as much because oh, yeah. like everyone doesn't get nearly as much screen time and it's like character development can happen outside of those movies mm-hmm. so like you get to the point where it's supposed to be a fully fledged character but if you haven't been following as closely yeah. you don't know how they got to that point right? right so it's like everybody who's watched Black Panther and everyone who'd watched the movies leading up to Infinity War understood why Cap decided to turn to him and yeah. understood why they went to Wakanda because effectively that was one of the safest places on the planet right it was like let's buy enough time to get this stone out of vision's head where else than a place that had vibranium and where else than a place that was technologically advanced enough to be hidden to most people just give us enough time and let's set up defenses right so the logic behind that is is sound Mm, it's just the way it was portrayed on screen and, and the way things happened like I, I expected more, but yeah. Yeah, no, you and me both, and and that is an important point because I do get to ranting, and you know, <laughs> as we nerds do. <laughs> yeah. But but I do understand that there is uh that Black Panther, however successful, is still just a piece in a larger mm-hmm. moving machine. So I get yeah. that I do. Um, but I'll I'll never be silent about <laughs> representation in the way that blacks and people of color are being portrayed in the media but yeah but no to your no, point absolutely. you're absolutely right and I think the same thing happened uh, with Captain Marvel to a certain degree right mm-hmm. it's like her movie obviously in terms of timeline her movie set way before yeah. but in terms of the actual sort of like timeline of production she filmed her scenes for Endgame before she did yeah. Captain Marvel right so like you see some of the difference in terms of just of like the character because she's filming Endgame at a point where her character is supposed to be a considerably more mature uh, more like sort of like level headed in relation to mm-hmm. when she first gets her powers and when she's learning about herself um, but obviously she's she's doing that as she's learning to become the character yeah. so like you, you just you see a little bit of the discrepancies there and it's just it's the realities of how they film these things and whatnot yeah. but yeah I think like again I've seen a lot of women who are just sort of like you know why were certain choices made in terms of like hairstyles or in terms of the makeup she's wearing yeah. and things like that and you know you you see how those moving pieces move and, and stuff like I mean ultimately what I will say is that like you know I'm I'm not one for applauding people for doing the bare minimum mm-hmm. but it took a long enough time to get a black led superhero mm-hmm. movie in the MCU and one that then knocked it out of the park by yes. not only being black led and making a lot of money but putting like black women front mm. and center in that particular movie right they weren't like they weren't just relegated to love interest they weren't just like you know window dressing or whatever yeah. like they actually were integral to the movie yeah um and then like again you know looking at captain marvel or female led and look i mean like if anybody still comes back with the argument that like well black movies or, or female led movies don't sell mm-hmm. both of those just made over a billion right like in almost record time so like let's 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 just like 
hopefully i mean like i feel like i have some faith in kevin feige in that like he is really committed to like pushing these things out shang chi is coming mm-hmm. um like again there's the sequels to these who knows what else they're going to do hopefully like they'll do storm right because my girl's been done so dirty oh yes they'll do storm right once those once the x-men are fully in the mcu so we'll see we'll see what the future holds but like they look like they're committed to at the very least diversifying that pool of um properties that they have so mm-hmm. yeah yeah i'm uh i'm, I'm very hopeful and, and like you were saying with production a lot of the things that i think have been an issue um like with the captain marvel filming kind of two movies at once not an issue in a way that oh that's bad but just um a situation i think going forward they will probably do a do a little bit better because you have this 11 year saga that you've been kind of putting pieces of a cog into but now going forward we have things like disney plus where you're able to yeah. kind of control your universe a bit better than and include more i'll say because i don't yeah. believe the movies ever really incorporated agents of shield the netflix shows the hulu originals i don't but the other way around those tv shows reference the movies movies so, yeah 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 so yeah the netflix shows not nearly as much but uh i think like that I, I definitely remember daredevil uh, to a certain degree, referencing like you know the I- instances of New yeah, York, Jessica um, knows it too. And Agents of Shield for like the first two or three seasons, I think, was very tied to the movie schedules of Absolutely. like Winter Soldier and and things like that. Like before they were able to drift off and do their things. But yes, I think Disney also had in their mind probably at that time that like their own streaming service was going to be a thing. So now that they're in control of all of that stuff, they can do the what ifs, they can do the things that tie directly into the MCU mm-hmm. without having to worry about like distribution elsewhere and whatnot. Yeah. Like, I, you know, when they were pulling those shows from Netflix, every, like I think in the back <laughs> of everyone's mind, they knew what it was for, yeah. but people were still sort of like, Oh, you know what? This, that, the other. And like, I think those shows live on Hulu. Um, because like Disney have a controlling stake in that anyway. Like they just announced today, um, Ghost Rider, a Ghost yeah. Rider live action Ghost Rider, and Gabriel Luna, who played it on Agents of Shield, is going to be playing the Ghost Rider on Hulu. Yeah. That's so like, good. I think a lot of their more mature stuff that they don't need to, they don't need to like keep within the 13 rating or whatever like yeah. for everybody is going to go on hulu and then the more family friendly things can be on disney plus well that sounds good that sounds good uh man i really wish we had a talk back when i did my road to wakanda mm-hmm. uh before black panther i did like a five or six week series leading up to black panther about like different characters and just talking to you i'm like damn yeah. this would have been a great i mean i had some amazing guests on yeah. you know discussing post uh, release, but like leading up to it, oh man, it would have been nice to talk to you about this because <laughs> man, well, we know Black Panther two is coming, so like I'll be happy to come back on and we can like we can totally talk about that because like I have ideas about like which villains they yeah. should use. Oh, um, okay, yeah. don't don't threaten me with a good time, bro. <laughs> <laughs> on air, this show invitation back right here. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, cool, cool. Okay, so we'll, what we'll do here, guys, is for those of you who haven't seen Endgame by the time of this recording, by the time this airs, understand that going forward, it's all spoilers from here on out. So I'm going to give you a couple seconds. The night is dark and full of terrors, just to reference another show, but yeah. <laughs> It's spoiler, spoiler town. 
Right. So there you go, guys. So again, so from here on out, this is your your second official warning. There will be spoilers going forward. So if you want to maybe pause it here, go see the three hour film and come on back or listen to the rest later. This is your warning. There will be spoilers. All right. Let's do it. Okay, so so give give me your give me your initial thoughts on Endgame. Your oh. just your general feeling about it. Okay, so like, I have two phases. First phase is like the general euphoria after I saw Endgame, and after like I was slumped in my seat after that movie finished and the credits had rolled and everything had happened because I was like, bruh, holy fucking shit! Like, uh, I apologize. I don't know if I, if if I can't. I can swear. I can swear. Curse away. Right. Curse away. All right, cool. All right. Yeah, I was like, holy fucking shit! What just happened? Like three hours of like pure just like like i said earlier a love letter to fans like Mm -hmm. like i've seen a lot of people saying fan service and i don't necessarily think that needs to be a bad thing to a certain degree in that like they just everything that i wanted to happen for the most part did happen right and like there were moments in that theater where i was just losing my shit because it was it was like okay and and like most things again like I, i had time the next day i sort of like dwelled upon it i thought about it discussed with some people and like I'm still very happy with what it was. Yeah. There were some things that I don't think worked nearly as well as they could have. There yeah. were some things that now, with hindsight, I see were a little bit problematic. And and, and like that, I, maybe that's a discussion for another time or whatever. But like, there, yeah. So, but I'm still very happy with how it turned out. Like like you said, an eleven year sort of like roller coaster and the culmination. And like I think the the outcomes were as good as they could be. I I think. Uh, like for me the biggest the biggest moment for me that got the biggest audible gasp that keeps on coming back to me is the moment where cap picks up me i i lost it i was i was sat next to three other people and i just went what the hell and everybody just started laughing but like he's just wielding me on you and i was like it finally i was like even more excited than thor thor was like yes i knew it i'm like yeah i'm like Remember that time in Age yes. of Ultron where it budged? I was like, yes, this is just a payoff. I was, it was, I was so happy about that. <sighs> Seeing Black Panther and Shuri walk through the portal coming back. I loved the little call out to what happened in Civil War when he meets uh, Hawkeye for the first time. He's like, hi, I'm Clint. He was like, I don't care. And then like he calls him by his name. He's like, give it to me. I was like, oh my God, he remembered yes. him. Um, there was just there was so many things. There were so many Easter eggs. Oh my goodness. Um... Uh, Tony getting to meet his father, yeah. right? Like when when he goes when he goes back in time, Cap and Peggy, uh, just all of these like little moments that like call back out to everything that happened in the first place. Seeing Pepper in the rescue armor, yes. Um, Valkyrie coming back, like uh. just the whole thing with Thor, and that was one of I think the problematic aspects that's being yes. discussed now. But like, I liked that they really touched on the fact that you know he was battling with depression and like the the consequences of his actions and feeling that he failed and as a result you know maybe at his feelings or whatever i don't like that he became the butt of fat jokes you know yeah um, absolutely that wasn't an issue um we can actually start with thor if you like mm-hmm. like so we'll yeah. go to the original six um i think thor's uh Okay, so I I have to admit that the original th- the original the first two Thor films I watched, but they weren't as compelling as yeah. Thor Ragnarok for me, um, and so thinking about Thor as a character who 
was around, but at Ragnarok really was on my radar a bit more. And then seeing him lose it all. Um, And then again, seeing him here, what I did like is that they did put that weight on him. And like you said, they deal, they did deal with depression and how that can affect you because he was so quote unquote fine in other films, like in infinity war where he was sad, but he, to me was just a sad guy where yeah. this we're seeing the physical manifestation of what depression can do to you yeah. I really enjoyed that but like you said making him the butt of the jokes yeah. really felt like a missed opportunity to be a bit more serious or to bring a bit more awareness because a lot of times even in you know black communities and I can yeah. I'll speak for American black communities is that depression is just pray it away you yeah. ain't depressed go outside like you know it's it isn't given the same weight that say sickle cell or yeah yeah on other whatever you know so it, it doesn't hold a weight that physical ailments do and i just i think they could have did a better job with thor no absolutely and i think that's the thing right it's like so you see his character arc over time you're right in that like the first two movies don't seem nearly as compelling just because like there's still the arrogance about it and he's learning to first he learns to become worthy then he has to learn to um what what the first sort of like taste of loss because like of course like he feels like he's lost loki uh, amongst other in like the dark world and like his relationship with jane and whatnot Mm -hmm. um then in ragnarok it's sort of like how he then deals with like becoming a leader at yeah. the end of that, he, he he has to lead the Asgardians, right? Like the 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 knowledge that he doesn't need his hammer, he doesn't need all these people to be like um, these markers of his power. Like yeah. he can he he steps up to the plate. Then Infinity War happens, and he loses everybody. He watches oh. everybody that he's cared about die before him. Yeah. Like it's so tragic, right? But the one anchor he's always had is vengeance. So like he watches he watches Loki die, everybody dies, and like the Asgardians kind of like die Heimdall dance in front of him oh. and he says it himself right to Rocket he's like what more do I have to lose he's going to throw himself in front of a dying star tank that so he can get his weapon to kill his one mission is to kill Thanos and then he fails at that right like if we if we just call a spade a spade like yeah. he doesn't kill Thanos and Thanos then wipes out half the universe right so it's like at that point his one anchor right so, so at the beginning of Endgame he goes for the head, right? And he mutters that. He's like, mm-hmm. like what did you do? I went for the head. And I, was yeah. like, I did the one thing I had to do. I've killed this guy. But he loses that anchor and he has nothing to hold him to. So yeah. he goes adrift, right? And then that's what happens. Depression sets in. He's like, I, st- I did everything I could. I lost everybody. And then I couldn't save the world or the universe, right? right. And like he feels like, what, what's the point? And so he starts to drift. And that's exactly what happens with people, you know, who are suffering from mental health issues. A lot of people like will put on a brave face and have the one thing to look forward to. Mm-hmm. And if you take that away or they lose that, you could just suddenly be in a really terrible place, right? Yeah. So, yeah, you just said there was a missed opportunity to really kind of like delve into a bit more into that, but like why he's in the physical state he is, not just then be like, you look like, you know, melted ice cream or yeah. like being, you know, like either side. You know, there, w- there was some there were some unnecessary jokes there. Like, I, I get what they were trying to do with the humor, but it just, it kind of missed the mark, so. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 and this is something, and I haven't looked too much into the, uh, the team behind, um, like, the writer's room, but mm-hmm. one thing that I champion or that I, I stress a lot on every single show that I put out is that 
put people in these spaces who mirror these characters. Yes. Put black women in these roles. Put mm-hmm. um, queer people in these roles. Put actual trans actors and actresses in this role. Yeah. Put people who are differently or handicapped. Um, I, I try to be as correct as possible. Yeah. Put put these people in these rooms, even if they are not the stars, which they should be. If you had someone, and they may have, so I'm trying to yeah. be as generous as possible, but it felt as if the depression, like you said, was a was a joke. And I can see certain characters like Rocket making a comment or two, but when you are the what is it, John Belushi, the the big Lebowski of yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, of, it, it was just like he deserved better than this, even as a character for all that he's like. Okay, I lost my mother a few years ago. And though I don't expect to every time someone on screen loses a parent to feel broken up about it, you for someone who's had so much loss, even though he's a god in all sense of the word and he can do all these amazing things, at his core, he's a person, a little boy who's lost all his family. You could... Like, the scenes with his mother were great, but even those felt a bit comical. And I'm like, oh, I don't like that. I mean, like, the scene with his mother, right? Because, like, before before he goes to... Before him and Rocket go to try and get the ether, like, he has an actual panic attack. And, like, I felt like, that again, that was an opportunity to kind of, like, delve into Rocket helping him through that. But he just yeah. slaps him and he's like, get on with it kind of thing. And it's like, yeah. ah, seemed a little insensitive. But then, like, he gets to meet his... Like you said, he's an orphan at this point, mm-hmm. right? He is a, He's lost his dad. He has lost his mom. He's lost his brother. Like he's just lost everyone that he cared about. Um, so yeah, it was it was it's a tragic story, and like I'm glad that it got he got the ending that he did. But l- along the way in this one, like I felt like there was some just they just missed the mark a few times. Yeah, well. yeah, I, I'd agree. I'd agree. Um, that being said, I I enjoyed him. Um, I thought he was a very funny character. Yeah, um, he felt like the Ragnarok Thor. Um, and at times he did feel like the original Thor, just like one who's grown some. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I liked him. I did like him being heavier though. It was clearly like a fat suit. Yeah. Yeah. And I liked his final form, like his, his Stormbreaker braided beard. Yeah. Ponytail. Like I, I'm like, this is a Viking. This yes. is like that. My theater went crazy when at that final battle and yeah. to see him decked out mm, I loved it <laughs> it was I thought it was really cool that like it was a little thing and it was blinking you would miss it but like you know when like he calls upon Stormbreaker and Mjolnir and like the lightning engulfs him and like he's ready for battle and like his beard suddenly braids up and like, mm-hmm. like we're doing a little smart casual here right it's like, it's like I'm going to go in looking like the Norse God of Thunder right like yes. <laughs> it, was, it was it was a really cool thing I was like yes yeah so, oh my god so so good so good I don't know so do, do you have any more any more thoughts specifically on Thor I thought I thought it was really good. I like like you said. I think like he came into his own and that like he realized that this particular moment he had to like in order to help people he had mm-hmm. to take a little bit more of a back seat. Like he had to play more support. Yeah, and, and that was fine. Like he's still the tank that you know like you expect mm-hmm. him to be. But like at the end of the day, you can't. You know he had a chance, and now he realized that like for the better of everybody else. Like, it didn't have to be him that delivered the killing blow, right? Oh, so. yes. God. Okay, so 
Let's move on to Clint Hawkeye, who opened ah. the film. Yeah. Oh, what's what's up? Give me something. What's, what's okay? So like, again, I've, I you know what I I get why he did the Ronin thing. Yeah. Um, because again, if you watch your family just kind of get snapped in front of you, like you you're probably going to snap, right? And and he's in a situation where like, I thought it was I. So, you know, all that was fine. I think the Ronin thing was kind of, like, extra... It was cool to see it as a comic book nerd. It's just like, yeah. Ronin, this was... This. But, like, I, I didn't I didn't care much for that too much. I think it was, again, re-examining and really kind of, like, strengthening the relationship he had with Natasha. Because he was the one who brought her in, in the first place, right? Into S.H.I.E.L.D., right? She was kind of doing her own thing. She could have re- remained, like, a villain or whatnot or, like, gone off the rails. Mm-hmm. But, like, he brought her in. So, like, they, they have such a strong bond. And, like, that bit on Vormil, you know what? It was, <sighs> I felt that was, like, I know that they drew up the battle plans, but, man, that was cruel. Like, sending them to Vormir, yeah. obviously because they didn't understand what was needed to get the Soul Stone. Mm-hmm. But, like, you as the viewer know, you're like, oh, right. shit, somebody is not coming back. Somebody has to die here. And then seeing them kind of, like, throw themselves in front of the other to try and make sure it was there. Yeah. Like that, that, that broke me because I was like, "Damn, this this friendship's for real." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, the, I, when he goes, I think we're talking about two different people here, and like they literally like fight each other to try and like be the one who has yes. to sacrifice themselves to get it because they know whatever it takes, right? But like, yeah. man, it was it was rough in terms of in terms of him afterwards. Like, I think like he really kind of stepped up. He and he was doing it for Natasha, right? He was like to make sure that her death wasn't in vain. Yeah, like. He really came into his own because, like, if he had messed up when he dove, that you know, he'd got the gauntlet and like dove down, like he really hauled ass against those um, outriders. But like, it was it was critical that like he made it back with the gauntlet in the first place. Otherwise, like the plan messes up, right? So right, right, right. Um, yeah, yeah, but even think of that scene in contrast to Thanos and Gamora. Yeah, like uh, I would like to see a supercut of both scenes, like back to back, like a Thanos and Gamora. As soon as they start, as soon as it ends, Clint and Natasha's pick right up, just to see. Ah, bro, it was sad. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? It's like I think Thanos overall in that particular moment was like he reminded himself that he had the will to do what was necessary, and he hated it. Whereas, like the both of them were like. We know what needs to be done. We don't have to like this, right? Yeah. And, and the the only difference being that it was one sided on Thanos' side, right? He yeah. was the one seeking the stones, and Gamora had no desire for mm-hmm. for any of that. Whereas, like the both of them knew that, like for the mission to be done, somebody is going to have to give it up here. So, like it was it was tough. Again, like it was it was really kind of like I feel I feel so bad for him because it's like he had to deal with losing yeah. his family, getting his family back, and then like losing family again um it's just yes. it was rough man. yeah yeah that that ronin i i felt and and you let me know what you think i felt that this hawkeye was a better hawkeye and not because of all the dark gritty stuff but i felt like they finally put focus on him that made sense um, I feel like him in the other films, the adventure films, he's good. He's a good addition. He's a good character. But I feel like in this film, they went above and beyond to highlight him in a way that they hadn't done in films before. Now, I don't know if you agree or disagree, but I'd like to hear your thoughts. 
Um, yeah, I think like they really played more into sort of like his realization of his place in the whole thing, right? In that like he's not just he's not just the archer with the jokes who's kind of like pals with with Natasha in that like he realizes that like look, I'm an avenger, right? And and you know the you know what actually? So there's a callback a little bit to it when he kind of gives Scarlet Witch the pep talk in Age of Ultron where he's yeah. like, you know, you you step out there and you're an avenger and what does that mean? Mm-hmm. You've got to, you've got to take care of all of these people. And when he puts himself on the line when those bullets are coming in that Quicksilver runs in front of, right? Like yeah. he's ready to take that. So like I think it's a reminder to him. Uh it's it's and it's a reminder to the viewers that it's sort of like, look, he may be like small in stature in, in, in comparison to like the god with lightning and yeah. like the big green sort of like gamma gamma fueled monster yeah. and and like super soldier but like you know he will he would do what is absolutely necessary to make sure that everybody you know makes it through and like you see him work through that pain that he was going through when he lost his family because he's going out there and just killing villains that survived the snap because to yeah. him he's like why do you deserve to live right like my family did nothing wrong all these innocent people did nothing wrong and yet here you are kind of like squandering the chance that you were given in a yeah. way so he works himself through that pain i wish like maybe there'd be more scenes of whatever therapy he went through like because mm-hmm. he kind of just be like a pep talk from natasha and he's like all right i'm back right like it, yeah there was a lot going on there and that happened over a period of time before he was like okay and that's why he, he volunteers himself to be the first to test out the um to test out the time travel right yeah. like he goes to see his family uh he's like he throws himself there he's like okay let's make sure this works because if it does i will do whatever is absolutely necessary to get everybody back so man yeah i, w- I would love even if maybe not a whole series, but if on Disney Plus, if they had like a good little maybe 45 minute short film of his progression from tethered father who lost his family to when we first see him uncover his hood. And it was in Tokyo. And yeah. um, I would love to see that. Like, what is that? What is that ride like for him? Like, yeah, yeah, mm, mm-mm. exactly. Right. Because it's it's just a spiral. You can clearly see that he's just he spiraled and he's like right fine it, it then becomes rage there's a lot of there's a lot of people working through particular issues right it's like uh you know again kind of like we with with um kind of like we've mentioned with thor it's like working through the grief of sort of yeah. like not only losing family but having failed it's like i think all of the avengers in some way touch upon that right it's like mm-hmm. captain america is like i've led this team and like look at where it's got us and then tony comes back and it's like you're a hypocrite right and he's he has to deal with some of that but at the same time he's like we you know he says it to we will get to cap i guess but like he says it to natasha as well he goes you know i'm telling people to move on but we don't get to yeah right like yeah the job isn't done so Oh, that is heavy. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, I, we share pretty much the same thoughts on on Hawkeye, and I, I, I just like that he had a more active role in this film. Yes. and I guess it it makes sense that this is the film that it happens in because I mean he's not enhanced, he's not a super soldier, so there's only so far he can go. But I, I don't know. Yeah. No, he he held his own and like he did. Renner Renner has done a good job in the role, that's for sure. I mean, like I know I'm one of the people who like jokes around about Hawkeye and like what you know what his use is there, but like he is like again he's he's an expert hand to hand combatant, um, uh, you know, and a strategist, and like he wouldn't be on Shield if he didn't know what the hell he was doing, right? Yeah, so, like, exactly, so. exactly. Yeah, so kudos to him. 
Um, I wonder, do you know if his contract is up, if he's continuing going into Phase 4? He is getting uh, a Disney Plus show, if I'm not mistaken. That that one wasn't specifically mentioned during their investor sort of day, but like it's it's been kind of like heavily rumored, and I think he's, he's definitely... Because it's him, Loki, WandaVision, and then Winter Soldier and Falcon that they get in like uh you know the kind of like oh and then peggy carter there's they're doing the what if okay. so it's a what if peggy carter took the super soldier serum instead of uh okay. cap and if cap became like iron man or something well that was the one in the comics but yeah okay cool cool well that's that's exciting too that, yeah. yeah okay i wonder if that'll be well i guess it wouldn't be canon either well hell with the way this movie ended that could be canon well that's the thing right it's like you can explore different alternatives now right mm-hmm. like especially with the way that they've explained time travel in the mcu okay let's talk about that before we continue on with another character how do you how do you feel they explain that to the audience again and not considering us nerds but like the the general audience that is not into comic books but love these movies how well do you think they executed that or delivered that multiverse theory Alright guys, we're going to end the episode here. Again, thank you guys so much for tuning in to this first part of this two-part discussion over Endgame. Um, Please be sure to check back next week for the second half. Uh, Again, thank you all for listening. I truly appreciate it. Please be sure to use that hashtag CBNPod when you're listening to this podcast and when you're live tweeting. Um, Please go over to your podcast hosting sites and whatnot and review, rate. Uh, Yeah, go ahead and rate. And um, hell, I'll read your your, your rating or your review rather on the show sometime in the future here. yeah, thanks again to Escoblaze <laughs> for Andrea and for showing up and conversing with me and all that good stuff. And again, guys, thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, please check back here again next week. And until next time, stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky. All right.